This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books page-by-page and chapter-by-chapter. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby. You might also know me as SheCup. And before we start, I want to remind you to join our Discord where you can find that link in the episode description, the Cups podcasting and more. And please like and review us on Apple and Spotify if you leave us five stars with some words. We will read them out on a future episode of the show. So today we are looking at the chapter, Magic is the Simplest Thing. And this is a very, very, again, another big lore chapter. This has probably been one of the bigger lore chapters we've gotten since Dragon Tales and A Rider's Blade. Um, And T for two, can't forget T for two. So Brom... And Aragon wake up and they kind of theorize about the Urgles and we learn that the Urgles do not gather in large force very often. Brom says it only happens two times. We also figure out um, Brom tells Aragon that he can use magic because he is a rider and that the king can use magic because he is a rider. So riders have magical powers because they're bonded to dragons. We also learn that there is a big difference between a sorcerer, a wizard, and a magician in all the power and definitions of magic. We also learn some words and how they are constructed. We learn that you cannot lie in this language, which is very interesting. I think that's it, unless I'm forgetting something. Well, so are you ready to talk about your first impressions? I am. I had a lot of things to say in this one. Um, But first of all, the first thing I noticed is the huge, dramatic, major contrast between this chapter and the previous two with this one is lively. Um, He's in a noisy place, full of energy, full of life. And the previous two has literal mass death. So Mm -hmm. there's that, first of all. Um, but there's so much lore in this one. And you know, I'm a nerd for lore, but like first the writers kept their ability to use magic secret. I don't think Aragon's going to be good at keeping a secret just right off the bat. I guess that's a prediction. Um, the whole stuff about magic. So shades are sorcerers. And let's just get into the difference between different magic users. So sorcerers use spirits to enact their will. In contrast, magicians have their powers without the aid of any spirits or dragons. Witches and wizards get their pa- get their powers from potions and spells. Um, and then obviously riders get theirs from the dragons. So I didn't know if you would want to compare this to D&D a little bit. 
So yeah, I can do this. So like your magicians and sorcerers are going to be very much what you would think of as a sorcerer in D&D. Um, having that kind of magicians very much sorcerer in D&D, having the innate power and this bloodline power. Sorcerers, contrary to sorcerers in D&D, are probably more akin to warlocks in D&D or some, maybe a little bit of clerics because they summon spirits to do their bidding and doing all that. I think for our other podcast, Dragon Age mages are probably some mix between magicians and sorcerers from this world. Um, riders, ironically, I believe are probably more akin to paladins than anything else. And then wizards and witches are obviously wizards because they're the same. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. I just, you know, having all of them in one universe doesn't always happen. Obviously, it does in D&D, but like in Dragon Age, mages are just mages. And Harry Potter, witches and wizards are just witches and wizards. So I thought that was a unique um, aspect of this for sure. But, you know, riders are kind of different from all three. Um, Like they don't really have the full possibilities of magic until after they finished their training. To me, this very much reminds me of Dragon Age mages, at least circle mages, because they have to go through their whole harrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, elves have magic innately. Well, so did they in Dragon Age, you know? So, just some similarities that I've been noticing there. And then another lore thing that I was curious about, um, is it true that magic always involves a spoken word? Um, um, <laughs> this is going to be a crazy lore question like this. No. But that's kind of what Brahm is saying, is it not? For Aragorn to use magic... He typically needs the ancient language. Just hold on to that and wait till the next book. So just I'll put that in my back pocket. Yes, put that in your back pocket. We will learn more about how magic actually works later. But I will answer your question. And no, you do not need the ancient language. For example, Saphira never uses the ancient language to enact spells. Okay, I guess that's fair. Okay, now this next thing, I know I've compared to Dragon Age a little bit, but just stick with me here. So you can't lie while practicing magic, which means elves can't lie. But Brom describes elves as mastering the art of saying one thing and meaning another. Therefore, it is canon in this universe, elves equal or lesions in the Dragon Age universe because... Of the saying one thing and meaning another. Yes, that's Ooh. possible. But like, so <laughs> here's an example. Let's use how an elf would do this. If like, let's say that I had a relative that died and I was not doing great about it. But I had also recently broken my arm and it had healed. You asked me how I was doing about it. I could tell you that I am fine and okay in the ancient language, as long as in my head, I meant that I was responding about my arm. Does that make sense? Right. No, it makes total sense. I'm mostly just being a jerk because yeah. I always want to relate everything back to Dragon Age. 
But another interesting thing to move on from this conversation a little, another interesting thing is the public name versus your true name. I'm really curious what Aragon's is. And also it's interesting that like elves instinctively know human writers like go on the whole quest to find them. But Brahms comment about like, you might not want to know, like you, if you, if you find it, you might wish that you could go back and never know it is really powerful just with everything that's going to come. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know that, you know, he's going to be hunted and, and all of these things. So um, that w- that was something that stood mm-hmm. out to me. Right. And I think that a theme of this book is going to be that knowledge without the journey to get there is just as dangerous as in- ignorance. Um, and I think that that's a good point of like what Brahm says to him about sometimes you have to be ready to be fully able to grasp with who you are entirely laid out in the open, no filters, no misunderstandings, no No, biases, just Mm -hmm. who you are word for word. I'm not, I'm 30 years old and I'm not even sure that I could take that. Right. It's not easy. No. Um, So let's keep going a little bit. Some other things I noticed in this chapter, Aragon is stubborn. He's already pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable of, uh, of the magic. He already knows he's sassy. He is angry. Um, Mm. He is just kind of barreling through and powering through and trying to figure out as much as he can. And I feel like Brahm is just sitting there like shaking his head, like kid, there's so much you don't know, but then he has this dream. And this is the last thing I want to talk about before my predictions. He has vivid dreams of home. Um, and I wasn't really sure what to make of the dream. So maybe if you had any thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that sometimes Aragorn has dreams that are visions. And sometimes Aragorn has dreams that are more akin to our dreams where his own internal struggle is up there. And I think... This is just Aragon's grief coming back to him and his own feeling of responsibility in Garrow's death. Yeah, I yeah. see that. Um, I just feel like this, and this is a prediction. This is transitioning into my predictions. I just feel like it's not just a dream. Um, I don't necessarily feel like it's an omen or a vision either. Maybe I don't think it's a vision. I do think it's an omen. Um because I don't think that life is going to be happy for him. I think it's going to be hard. Um, and it's, it's just, it's going to be hard. Rough uh, roads for yeah. Aragon. Absolutely. Another last prediction. This is the last one I have. I do think we're going to see the Razak again soon. Hmm. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Well, I guess I do know, but all right. Well, thank you for listening to the inheritance cycle page by page podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.